Hello, welcome to another episode of Five Questions in Ten Minutes. This is Paul Guttiker, Director of Brazos Fellows, and I'm happy to have with me virtually, at least, uh, Brendan Case. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you, Paul. Happy to be here. Yeah, so um, Brendan was just uh, teaching the fellows this morning. Um, we're in our unit on Catholicism and modernity, and we're reading some documents and talking about the Second Vatican Council. Uh, let me just say a little bit about um, who Brendan is and what he's up to, and then we'll jump into our questions. So Brendan um, studied systematic and historic theology at Duke Divinity School, Doctor of Theology program there. He's currently the research associate of philosophy at the Baylor Institute for Studies of Religion, a really interesting group. Uh, we've actually had some other folks from ISR on here uh, recently, uh, Tommy Kidd. And... Um, Brandon works on all sorts of things, metaphysics of creation, uh, Bonaventure, um, something called universal hylomorphism, which needs no explaining, uh, explaining obviously, self-evident. Um, currently working on theological and philosophical questions about accountability yes. and sort of nature of accountability in human life. Um, and yeah, we had a great discussion this morning about, um, yeah, some developments in Catholic theology in the 20th century. So thanks again for that, Brendan, and thanks for um, jumping on for some questions. Yeah, yeah, happy to. All right, let's go. So first, um, a question I like to ask um, scholars is sort of, if someone hasn't really read much in your field, in your case, theology, but they're sort of interested, like a maybe a curious lay Christian, um, what's the first book you hand them? Where would you start someone? Uh, I would suggest Thomas Aquinas' exposition of the Apostles' Creed. Mm. I think short uh, one of his one of his you know neglected works, short work he uh, he wrote late in his life. Actually, I'm not I'm not positive about this, but I think it actually might have been uh, started as as lectures primarily to lay Christians. Um, or at least I know, I know that lay Christians were, were part of the audience. He de he delivered them at the uh, um, Dominican. Um, prior, I guess you'd call it, in Naples, um, when he was there during the 1260s. And uh, Thomas Aquinas, I suppose, probably needs no introduction to most of your viewers, but he's uh, he's one of the most famous uh, of the, maybe probably the most famous of the, the theologians of the Middle Ages, and uh, one of the most important uh, yeah. theologians for the Western Church. And, and is uh, it, I mean, obviously it is, you wouldn't recommend if it's not accessible, but sometimes these, you know, sometimes you'll find out that, you know, Calvin wrote his institutes as like a basic introduction and you're like, gosh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's still really quite Aquinas, a lot. Yeah, this, this is a, this is, this is different from most of his works. I mean, Aquinas, Aquinas describes his, his Summa Theologiae, which is sort of his masterwork as, uh, as written for beginners, uh, what he calls it, <laughs> beginners theology, which is, yeah. if you've read the Summa, it's not, what he means by beginners there is by people, by people who are just starting their, their course of study. Uh, yeah. in academic theology, which presupposes what we would think of as a, as a master's degree, essentially, in, in philosophy. So it's a different beginner in a very different sense than what we mean. This is a text which is meant um, for non-specialists. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's meant for, um, the Summa Theologia is really meant for, for Dominicans, you mm -hmm. know, for people who are trained to be uh, uh, Dominican friars and sent out as as preachers in the church, you know. And this is a the exposition of the Apostles' Creed. I mean, the Apostles' Creed is you know this probably the most basic statement we have, you know, of, of what Christians believe. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really useful text just in that Aquinas, uh, without doing any of the technical Aristotelian stuff, you know, that you mm -hmm. get in most of his other works, just mm -hmm. walks through 
you know, what does it mean? So, you know, uh, the first lecture is what does it uh, mean to say that there's one God and that mm. he's the creator? And mm. he, he, you know, will sort of distinguish, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll distinguish the, the authentically Christian position from a bunch of errors, you know, mm-hmm. so you get, you, know, you get a quick introduction to what, you know, uh, as far as he can, as far as he understands it, what do the Manichees believe and why it's not Christian? And, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that it's a, yeah, it's a really useful text. Um, Oh, great. It, you know, a lot of theologians have those kinds of books. I mean, Bart wrote a book on the Apostles' Creed, which is also, mm-hmm. for Bart, relatively accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not, not saying that much, I guess. But, but yeah, I do think that it's a book that you could pick up if you didn't. You don't need to have, you know, memorize the works of Aristotle to make sense of yeah. the line. Oh, that's great. That's not a book I've read. I, I'm interested to give it a look. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should yeah. Okay, think? so for our second, this is our rapid-fire round. I'll just give you some names, some right. things, and you, you pick a winner. So... Um, first, uh, Nissen, Nazianzen, or Basil? Mm, Nissen, I think, mm. uh, for me. He's a, they're all great, but Nissen is the more, he's the more interesting speculative thinker, which mm. is kind of where I, where I, where I live. The others are probably, you know, uh, they are, uh, less, less dangerous in some ways, I guess, for the life of the church or whatever, but yeah, Nissen has, Nissen has my heart for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Augustine, Aquinas, or Bonaventure? Bonaventure, for sure. Um, Bonaventure, you get the you get all of the advantages of, of the church digesting Aristotle without and, and all of the best parts of Augustine. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Dante, Milton, or Shakespeare? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, Shakespeare, probably, just for biographical reasons. Yeah, great. Uh, Lewis, Tolkien, or Sayers? Uh, Lewis. Mm. Also, maybe for biographical reasons. But, mm. uh, mm-hmm. Underestimated theological thinker as well. Do you have a favorite Lewis? Uh, favorite book by Lewis? Yeah. Um, my favorite book by Lewis is probably The Discarded Image. Mm. It's probably the thing I read the most, have read the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I would say rereading the Narnia after reading Michael Ward's book, Planet Narnia. Mm. What is, I mean, I, I think every, I think everyone should do that. Anyone who's doubtful about, you know, Lewis's legacy as a, as a, as a novelist should read Michael mm. Ward's book, Planet Narnia, mm. and then go back and reread the, the Narnia. Oh, good. They're, they're remarkable, remarkable books. But, but yeah, I think just in terms of my own enjoyment, you know, yeah. I really love the discarded image. Oh, great. Um, John Paul II, Benedict the Sixteenth, or Francis? Um, Benedict the Sixteenth, probably. Just he's a he's the you know he's the only one of the three who really is a who really is a theologian in a in a yeah. vocational sense, you know, before becoming pope. And uh, he's probably yeah. I mean probably the, he's probably the greatest greatest theologian to become pope since Gregory the Great. To be honest, I mean it's wow. very hard to make a case for anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comparable, really, you know, in between the two. So yeah, he's a remarkable guy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That maybe gets at a later question I'll ask. Um. Uh, this is the most controversial one: barbecue or Tex-Mex? Tex Mex. Uh, Tex Mex. I think Ooh. for me. Yeah. You're showing that you're not a native Texan here. I think. I'm not a native Texan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not been around a brisket yet. Yeah. Are you? Do you have a favorite Tex Mex spot in town? Um, the place we've been to most is Torchies. Yeah. But, you know, it's also very hard for us to go out to eat. He's, you know, has good places for our children to go play outside. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're sort of constrained by that. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Torchies is good enough. Uh, good enough on its own. All right, that's the end of that round. Let's uh, let's move on. Question three: um, Your favorite living theologian? Yeah, favorite living theologian. Um, you know, again, it's hard to pick just one, but I, um, uh, in terms of you know the range and importance of his thought and also of his influence on me, I think without a doubt, it's for me, it's David Bentley Hart. Mm. Um, just which, I mean, you know, his, his, uh, weirdly enough, his, his book, the beauty of the infinite was one of the first pieces of the real theology I ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very strange, it was just kind of, you know, fell in my lap and I read it without having read almost any of his sources. You know, mm. I went back and, um, the father's kind of because of that book, but as, as an undergraduate, I read that book and understood probably 10% of it maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but thought as I was reading it, I have no idea what this is, but I want to know how to do that. Wow. He's been a, yeah, he's been a very important, he was on, he was actually on my dissertation committee too. Oh yeah. Uh, if someone wants to start with uh, David Bentley Hart, where is that where you start them? Beating the Infinite or is there something else you'd... We would not start with that. Yeah, that's okay. a very difficult word. Um, I think his, uh, he, yeah, I mean, you know, he's written, he writes about, he writes about many, many things. Um, so it's hard to know. I mean, I think if you're interested in him as a theologian, the thing to start with is his book, The Experience of God, mm-hmm. uh, which is a work, sort of a nat- natural theology, you might, you might say. I mean, it's a work, you know, really of, of a, it's a, it's a work of philosophical theology. Um, so, uh, and it's attempt to, it's an attempt to defend a kind of, um, you know, broad ecumenical inheritance of, of classical theism, which mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he's drawing there as, in a, in a way, as much on on uh, non-Christian thinkers like Plotinus, or even even Eastern, you know, thinkers like like uh, you know the Vedantin philosopher Ramanujan, and people like that. You know, I mean, his 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 range is really on display in a stunning way in that book too. I have mm-hmm. to say, and it's you know clear he's reading, he can read classical Indian philosophy and Sanskrit, you know, uh, without you know. Even even it seems like without even using translations, really, which wow. is kind of amazing. And uh, so, yeah, that book is a very very important is a very very important book, and I think mm. it's a it's a book you know for people who are um, people who are it's it's sort of his version, I guess I would say, of like a book like Mere Christianity. I mean, it's written mm. in a way pitched at a much higher level, in a way just because rhetorically that's how he writes, you know. But uh, um, uh, but yeah, it's a book for people who are you know. It's not a book that will get you into any one Christian confession, but if you're, you know, mm-hmm. have, if you if you have questions about, you know, what it means to think about, you know, God as mm-hmm. a as a, a feature of our our thought world, you know, I that's yeah. a book I definitely recommend to anyone. It's great. Yeah, really, okay. really powerful. Awesome. All right, two more. Let's mm-hmm. see. Um, what's a work? Could be a book. Could be art, music, something else um, that you just find yourself returning to that you keep kind of coming back to. Uh, well, um, yeah, it's funny. The first thing I thought of when I, when I, you know, you sent me these questions and, and I guess the answer I'll give is the, is the first thing I thought of. There are many, I suppose, many, many things you could say, but, um, I, and I'll, I'll I, I'm going to mention a, a piece of music and I should just, I should just add as a disclaimer, you know, up front that I'm not musical and have no real authority to comment on the, the, <laughs> piece of music or you know i mean i can't you know i can't uh alas you know i can't uh, i'm not, not qualified to intervene in any debates about it but i uh uh have found myself listening over and over again i mean really on a weekly basis um at least to um 
to uh, Brock's Art of the Fugue for hmm. years. I mean, years and years. And then there's a there's a particular arrangement of it. I I love the, it's 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 a, it's an interesting work for me because I love uh, I love this piece of music, but I actually don't like the harpsichord all that much, which is what it was, which is what it's uh, which is what it's you know originally performed on. Hmm. There's an arrangement of the Art of the Fugue though um, by a string quartet. I think it's the Emerson String Quartet. I can't remember. Uh, right now, but it's performed performed by violins and cellos, mm. and I think you know, violins and a viola and cello, um, which is maybe the most beautiful piece of music I've ever heard, and it's just it's uh, it's it's unearthly, and and mm. Uh, um, mm. you know the I mean it's a it's a piece of music which I you know I I uh, music people who are really musical often I've often seen talk about as you know intellectually one of the most interesting. Uh, mm. uh, compositions anyone's ever produced just in terms of the, its own its own internal complexity which I'm, I'm sure i only have sort of distant premonitions of but, mm-hmm. but yeah i do find that i i really i don't know that i've gone a week without listening to it wow. actually in the last wow five, probably so so just in terms of just in terms of num- <laughs> numbers that definitely wins uh yeah, no, <laughs> whatever that good. says about me i don't know but that's good we'll you know as always be linked to these various books and, and pieces for our listeners so we'll try to find that arrangement and yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, good. Well, last one then. Um, what's on the book stand? What's next on your reading list? Oh yeah, uh, what is next on my reading list? That's a great question. I don't know. I actually got an answer to that one. Um, let me think. Okay, so hang on. Uh, next up is. Wish I had my phone. Um, I am. Uh, I am working through. Well, I guess also, I'm, I'm one of these people who always reads like 15 books at, at a time, you know. <laughs> so it'd be better if I. It'd be this be an easier question to answer if I were one of those really disciplined people who just reads one book and then finishes it and then puts it down. But um, I, uh, I've been, I've been reading this really interesting book uh, for a little while. I mean, I've just started, and it's sort of the one, the one, the one book I sort of have the best intentions to finish imminently, you know, of the ones I've, I've recently mm-hmm. started. Maybe that's the one I'll mention. But uh, uh, it's a book called The Danube um, by a, an Italian author named Claudio Magris, um, mm. who is a historian of the, the uh, Austro-Hungarian and, and Holy Roman Empire, mm. you know, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, centered on, on Vienna, you know, mm-hmm. through which the Blue Danube runs. And it's a book about just a trip he took, a walk, walking trip, essentially, you know, uh, from town to town, down the, down the Danube, from mm. starting in Germany and, and running all the way down to, I think it empties in the Black Sea in Bulgaria, you know, mm. so he's in Austria right now, <laughs> where I am. And it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a part of the world that I have a, I have a, I have a, a, a fairly uh, intense fascination with, um, mm-hmm. partly from reading, a, I mean, another, another book, which I've, I've read several times and, and just recently read, so won't, won't read again soon, I guess. But um, it's a book called The Time of A Time of Gifts by a, mm. uh, a man named Patrick Lee Fermor, um, which mm. everybody should read right away if you haven't. Mm. But it's a it's it's a book about uh, this this guy's actual experience, which he, he documented late in life, of walking as a young man when he was maybe eighteen or nineteen, mm. uh, walking from uh, the Hook of Holland, Rod, Rotterdam, and Holland, Holland, essentially uh, uh, to Constantinople. Um, oh, wow. away, uh, over the course of a, in, in the 1930s, it's very interesting. I mean, so the time of gifts gets him about gets him about halfway. You know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a trilogy. He wrote a trilogy uh, about it, and a lot of that book is set in the same basic itinerary. You know, walking along the wow. and, 
uh, so so this book by Magrice, uh, the Danube is a is a you know the same trip more or less you know yeah. uh, sixty or seventy years later. Oh wow! Um, I find that that uh, that part of the world, I mean, it's interesting. It's amazing how much of it has just disappeared. Mm. You know, mm. since the since the. Mm-hmm. Since World War One, really, I mean, you know, it's when things started changing very quickly. But since the Second World War, communism and all that, so yeah, it's a, but it's a, it's a remarkable, it's a remarkable part of the world and a place that yeah. I sort of I have fond dreams about someday, you know, doing the same. Doing the, the walk, thing. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, those those sound like good reads. Uh, good read, you know. It's nice to think of reading a book about walking across Europe during a time of uh, quarantine, you know, a special, yeah, a right. special draw there. Go, we, uh, go on the journey. It. Yeah. Go on the journey through the books. Well, thanks Brendan. Those are my questions and thanks again for, uh, uh, being on the show. I'm very happy to. Yeah. All thanks. right. Thanks for, me. thanks for listening. Uh, tune in for some, uh, new episodes soon. Okay. <laughs>